Are you ready, Christine? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready. Let's go. Oh, well, shit. I think we're going to <laughs> Los Angeles. I, okay, good. Thank God you wrote that down. Well, okay. It was obviously filmed in Los Angeles, but when you do some reading, it says a Southern family. And so I'm like, oh, well, this was definitely shot in L.A., but I guess they have palm trees in, like, the South. We have South Florida, Carolina. South Carolina and there's stuff, a palm so. tree on their flag now that they took the other stuff off. I was just, like, straight up, oh, we're in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. It could have been, like, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks like mm-hmm. a very New Orleans-y house. Mm-hmm. Okay. I could imagine that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that it was, it didn't really... Um, the setting didn't just jump out and yell at us. Although at one point somebody said something about New Circle Road. New Circle Road is in Lexington, and this oh. could definitely have happened in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it does have uh, some Kentucky vibes. It does. We are doing Christine's lovely pick of Spider Baby. The Merry Children the last name is Mary, all suffer from a rare genetic malady that causes its victims to mentally regress to a condition of pre-human savagery and cannibalism. When I read that, I thought, no, not going to do it. When I read that, I thought, this is perfect. (laughs) When I read it, I was like, Benjamin Button? I did too. I thought a bit of Benjamin Button. So that's what happened to him. Okay. The particulars? Particulars. We are doing Spider Baby or The Maddest Story Ever Told. Now, some places have its release as on Wikipedia, which, okay, usually I get all my information from Wikipedia, but this was the first time I brought up a movie and right on Wikipedia it was like, this probably needs a rewrite. It doesn't compute to the Wikipedia standards for accuracy. And oh. so I was like, oh, what? So I had to also get a lot of information from the AFI, American Film Institute website. So on Wikipedia, it says that the release date was January 18th, 1968. But elsewhere, I saw that it was released December 24th, 1967. Oh, okay. So for my nerd alert purposes, I chose to go with 1967. And I believe I'm going to label it 67 as the year. Um, But we'll get into why that doesn't really even matter anyway. It was produced by Gil Lasky, who also did Blood and Lace, Mama's Dirty Girls, The Manhandlers, (laughs) and Bikini Bandits. And also... Ah. Paul Manka, who produced this, Spider Baby. It was written and directed by Jack Hill, who also did The Big Bird Cage, which made me picture, when I read that, I instantly pictured the film The Bird Cage, but with Big Bird in the bird cage. Oh. And I was like, I think I would like to see Big Bird in the bird cage. Well, a lot of people did feel that Big Bird was a gay character. I, I was just like, this seems like a bit. So. <laughs> um, 
also <clears throat> he wrote and directed Foxy Brown and Coffee, two Pam Greer classics. Yes, Pam Greer, a national treasure. And also he was an actor. He was in 1934's Treasure Island. Hmm. I haven't seen Treasure Island, but I was like, oh, Treasure Island. It's, oh. It was a big pirate film. So music by Ronald, Ra, all of a sudden I can't read, Ronald Stein. He also did Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, <laughs> The Rain People, an Apache Woman, to name a few. Director of photography is Alfred Taylor. He did Beach Ball, The Teacher, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, to name a few. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> this was edited by Elliot Fayad, and this was the only credit for Elliot that I was able to find. The cast is Lon Chaney Jr. He plays Bruno. He was also in The Wolfman, Son of Dracula, and House of Dracula. So Lon Chaney Jr. is the son of Lon Chaney. And Lon Chaney was a stage actor, film actor, director, screenwriter, and makeup artist. He was famous for silent horror films, including The Hunchback of Notre Dame and The Phantom of the Opera and Oliver Twist. He was known as the man of a thousand faces because he can make his face change all different ways. <clears throat> And nerd alert, both of his parents were deaf. So oh. he so that's why so he had to do a Probably lot of at the faces. Exactly. He had to do a lot of pantomiming to get points across and do visual <laughs> things. So that kind of was like, oh, it's probably what fed into him being such a great performer and able to change and contort his face. So he okay. So his his first wife, um, I didn't write down what her name was, but she was the mother of Creighton Toll Cheney, who which is Lon Cheney Jr.'s real name. And he was billed as Lon Cheney Jr. at the studio's insistence. So Lon Cheney Jr. didn't get in <coughs> to acting until after his father's death. Oh, and his mother attempted a very public suicide in a theater where his father, oh. Lon Chaney, was performing. And um, somehow, like Lon Chaney Jr. was sent off to boarding school and was kind of told that his mother died, but she didn't. She had oh, survived no. and stuff. So there was like a <laughs> and he didn't find out any of this stuff until his father passed away. Um, and the reason that Lon Chaney Sr., the father, was, well, one of the reasons, I mean, a simplistic reason, that he was in, got into films, moved from theater to silent films, was because of the uh, scandal surrounding his wife's very public suicide attempt. Wow. So oh. It's just kind, of, <clears throat> just kind of crazy, bit of a scandal. So he had an interesting life. I just thought, because I was like, Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney Jr. Like, his name isn't even Lon Chaney Jr. But that was that was universal being like, yo, your father was a star. You're his son. You are now Lon Chaney Jr. Right. Um, Jill Banner played Virginia. She was in The President's Analyst, drag, the TV shows Dragnet and Adam 12. Beverly Washburn played Elizabeth. She was in Old Yeller. She was Lizbeth. 
Oh. oh. I felt like, like she looked familiar. familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was also in Shane, which we Shane. haven't done Shane, but the, Shane. the boy was in that movie that we did. Um, and the Lone Ranger. Uh, we have Sid Haig. Am I saying that right, Christine? I believe that's how you say it, Sid Haig. Mm-hmm. He played Ralph. He was in George Lucas's film TX-1138. He was in Coffee, Foxy Brown, House of a Thousand Corpses, and The Devil's Rejects. He would look some different of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Those are some yeah, of Yeah, he looks so different in this movie. But he, he was young. But he, he looks familiar to me, and, like, and I didn't know how Me or too. Why. Yeah. Well, yeah, Adam immediately recognized him. I uh, did not. Wow. We have Carol. Ooh, my notes. Shymart. Ooh, sorry, Carol. She played Emily. She was in The Wild Party, House on Haunted Hill, and The Scarlet Hour. Quinn Redeker. He played Peter. He was in The Andromeda Strain, The Candidate, and Ordinary People. Yeah, and he looked familiar. Yeah, he did look familiar. And Mantan Moreland, he was the messenger. He oh. was in Cabin in the Sky. He was also in Mr. Washington Goes to Town, The Palm Beach Story, Watermelon Man. He was also the chauffeur in Charlie Chan's movies. He oh. was, like, if you go on to his IMDb or his Wikipedia page, this guy was in so many things because he was always just, like, the black kind of guy that they put in for comedic stuff yeah yeah um okay that's the particulars okay wow at the table that's my job this week yes all right i volunteer to do the first 40 minutes and i must admit it is a much bigger task than i knew (laughs) but i committed and here we are so the film starts out with a cartoon. It's like, it's like the credits are rolling um, and kind of like I Love Lucy in the, in the beginning where they would have like cartoon versions of the characters. It's just mm-hmm. like their faces were there. And everything I ever wanted in a creepy, scary movie song yes. starts playing. And so I looked up the lyrics and I feel like the lyrics just set the tone for the whole movie. Um, so, and it's Lon Chaney sang the song, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Um, and so, so the lyrics, the song goes, screams and moans and bats and bones, teenage monsters and haunted homes, the ghosts in the stair, the vampires bite. Better beware, there's a full moon tonight. Cannibal spiders creep and crawl, boys and ghouls having a ball, Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in somebody's tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Take a fresh rodent, some toadstools and weeds, mix an old owl and the young one she breeds, mix in seven legs of an eight-legged beast, then you're all set for a cannibal feast. Sit around the fire with a cup of brew, a fiend and a werewolf on each side of you. The cannibal orgy is strange to behold and the maddest story ever told. <laughs> Which I just love. So I knew that it was going to be a good movie from there. Um, so after that song is sung, we go to 
a man. What's his name? Bruno or the messenger? No. Quinn Redeker. Is that his name? Oh, yeah. Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter. Yes, we go um, to Peter. That's right. Yeah, he looks like uh, he looks like there's probably a fireplace nearby. He's looking at a book, and he's probably is smoking a cigar. I didn't. I don't know for sure. I didn't write that down. Probably drinking scotch. Him, yeah, he's definitely drinking scotch. Um, also, did you know he was in The Young and the Restless for many years? That's why I recognize him. No. Mm -hmm. I think for like 15 years. Um. So he's holding a book, and it is the Dictionary of Rare and Peculiar Diseases. And so he it opens it up, and he starts talking about Mary syndrome. M-E-R-R-Y-E, -E, not M-A-R-Y. Thank you. We all suffer from that Mary syndrome. <laughs> um, so he's describing, and he reads from the book, that Mary syndrome is... A progressive age regression beginning about the 10th year and continuing throughout the victim's lifetime. It is believed that eventually the victims of the Mary syndrome may even regress beyond the prenatal level, reverting to a prehuman condition of savagery and cannibalism. And he says that most people don't think it's true, but he knows all too well that it's true, but also that it doesn't exist anymore. Um, and it's all because it was extinguished that fateful night, fateful night 10 years ago. So then we go back to, I'm assuming it's 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw, we see, how do you pronounce his name? Mayton, Manton, Mayton Moreland? Mantan? I just, Mantan. I don't know if that's Mantan. how you say it. I said black dude. Oh. Yeah. He is a he famous is comedic actor. Black actor of the movie the but one. you know as um, soon as he comes on the screen that this is, and yep, you know this is a dad. horror movie yep. you're like well i know but oh i have a fun nerd alert for that not fun i guess <laughs> i guess i'll talk to it about that um so he's driving he seems to be a postal or he's delivering something he's some sort of delivery man and he's going down the road and he sees like a family on the side of the road. And he's like, hey, do you know where the Mary house is? And the lady was like, the what? And he was like, hey, I'm looking for the Mary house. And she was like, even if we did, like we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't know about that. Like just kind of weird, like a weird answer. As she's um, bringing her children, like get, get, get back, yeah, get like, to the oh, house. We can't. It was kind of like, oh, we don't talk about that. Like we know about the Mary house, but we don't talk about it. Um, so eventually he goes down a road, a very hidden road that seems to get to a house. Um, the gates are locked and chained up and I would have been like, okay, uh, sorry, I guess it's deserted. See ya. I would have um, thrown the envelope right through the gate. Yep. But he takes the chains off of the gate and drives right on up. And so then he goes to, it's a beautiful house, but it's like a house where it has like a wraparound porch. And in any movie, you, a white family, rich family, would move to this town and be like, we bought this house, we're so excited. And then it's haunted and it's dilapidated and you're fixing it up, but that's not this movie. Um, so he goes up there, it's dilapidated house kind of, um, but still livable, I guess. And so he's knocking on the door and he's like, ah, it looks like nobody's home. But then he's like, please be home. <laughs> and... At that 
point, I believe I would have left the envelope on the front porch and been Me like, too. Oh, no, that easily. Yes, I'm going to leave. I've delivered my um, package. And it's not like nobody's going to come steal it. Like, nobody's coming down this road. So then he sees a window open. Sticks his whole half of the body in the window to be like, yeah. hello. And all of a sudden, you see the window close, just like fall down on him. And then you see Virginia. <laughs> she comes around the corner or comes out of the corner. She's got long brown hair, kind of. She's wearing, what's it called? A pinafore dress? Yeah. Like I have no idea. Like a little slip dress, like a nighty dress, but like not like sexy, like old timey, I guess. And she is coming out of the corner with two knives in her hands. And she's like, big knives. Big knives. She says, I caught a big fat spider right in my spider web. And she proceeds to stab. Just slash. Slash him. Poke and slash. Yep. Poke and slash. Poke and slash. Um, But there's no blood. I will say that. There's no blood in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, that was I think a positive reheatable for me. This is probably still code, right? We're probably still in the, the haze probably. code era. So um and he's dead. <clears throat> so then we see we cut to a scene. Uh we cut to a car coming up the driveway, I believe. A man drives up. And at first I thought he was a visitor coming up and I was like, this is going to be a problem. Well, but then he gets out of the car. And it's one of those cool old timey cars where it has the, mm-hmm. ex- like it has the white wall wheels and it has the extra white wall wheel on ne- behind the front of the front wheel. Which I, was I think it might've been an old timey hearse. Oh, Oh, that would make sense. Because it had the, the back with the curtains, the windows, and it, it looked like a Suburban, but, you know, I that's thought, how big it was. I always pick, like, in my mind, that's the, the J.P. Morgan Chase. Like, those are the, well, the, the robber yeah, baron the limousines kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, true that. True. Um, yeah, so he gets out of the car, and then he's like, Virginia, Elizabeth, so we're like, oh, okay, he's here. Um. Well, okay, before he got home, we see Elizabeth come. After, like, Virginia kills the man, Elizabeth comes, and she's also the same age. How old do you think they were? Like, teens? They're, like, teenagers. Or, like... Yeah, I don't know how old they were and how old they were supposed to be. Supposed to be. Right. So, they're definitely, like, adults. They're, like, young adults. Probably Mm -hmm. adult adults. They're like and, adult um, adults, but once you're hearing them interact and talk, they're based, they're d- diminished in age. So, like, yes. their body is older, but they're probably right. <laughs> in their mind, like, 10 years old. Right. And the way they speak, they speak in, like, little, like, childish, high-pitched, girly voices. Um, so after Elizabeth sees that Virginia's killed the man. And Elizabeth she- is the blonde. Elizabeth's the blonde and Elizabeth's like, Virginia, are you crazy? You're bad. Bruno's going to hate you. So then the man calls up, comes up and he's like, Elizabeth, Virginia. And they run out after, you know, the man is still in the window, stuck in the window, dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But uh, I don't know. Virginia's out there doing CrossFit. She's like jump roping. She just killed a man. <laughs> yeah, with just a rope. She was just doing yeah. like it's literally a rope. I'm like, oh yeah, literally yeah. jumping rope. That's what they did. Um, and they were just acting like nothing happened. Uh, so then we learned that this man is Bruno. And Elizabeth's like, Bruno, Virginia hurt somebody real bad. You're going to hate her. <laughs> and Bruno was like, Elizabeth, how many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> like, we don't, you know, hate's a bad word. Like, he's very big on not hating anybody. Um, and then he looks up and sees a man hanging out of the window, not moving. And he's like, oh, man, the one time I leave them alone and now this. Um and he's mad at Elizabeth, the blonde. He's like, Elizabeth, you're supposed to be in charge. Like, I left you in charge. Um, Unbelievable. She, like, what I, is Elizabeth yeah, supposed I to do? They're like the same age. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and Elizabeth was like, it's not my fault. Like, she did it. She was playing spider again. Um. So... Then we cut over and Virginia, the brown haired girl, is like Ralph, 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 Ralph. And she's so happy that Ralph is that Ralph is there. And they open the car door and Sid Haig crawls out of the car. Creepily call it crawls out of the oh, car. Oh, so creepy. So creepy. Um, so creepy. He just has one of those faces that can be so creepy looking. Um but immediately you can tell they're like happy to see each other and we can infer that they're all siblings, I guess. Um, so then they sit down on the on the porch and Bruno, the, he seems to be the caretaker and he's like, oh, what's that? And they're like, oh, the man had this package with him, this envelope. So he opens up the envelope and they're all like, oh, it looks serious. Um, is something is it something bad um and so he's basically like remember the last time you almost caught those kids that were coming over the that were jump, coming over the fence when you were playing spider like you can that made people start to think about us and like put us on the radar basically and he's like you can never play spider again um and then when he opens the letter he's like oh shit, like there's people coming on the 14th. And then he's like, oh my God, today's the 14th. And these people are coming and they want to become your legal guardians. And so we can kind of, it's like, okay, apparently somebody's coming to claim this estate that you're living on and they think that they have the right to be the legal guardians of these kids. Um, and they're like, oh, okay. The kids are like, oh, okay, it's our dad, but our dad's dead. I guess it's like their dad's estate. So then they're like, okay, but they're coming on the 14th. I'm sorry. This is really hard. I can't believe we do this every week. <laughs> um, You're doing great. So then they clean, I wrote, clean up the murder scene. So they got to get rid of the car. So Ralph's in charge of getting rid of the car. Then uh, Bruno, the body's all wrapped up, and he's just hitting this man's head. All this poor guy <laughs> did, got his head all over the wall. Just <laughs> and this is the first time we see the dumbwaiter. And so, which is, I loved this part of the movie, just the whole dumbwaiter part. Um, he throws the body down the dumbwaiter, and then Elizabeth and Virginia are mopping up the floors. And Virginia's like, hurry up, hurry up, I want to watch Uncle Ned. And Elizabeth was like, you're not supposed to watch Uncle Ned. 
And then you cut to Bruno and he's opening a secret door like behind a bookshelf or something. And he's walking downstairs into a creepy basement. And he's like, I'm coming up on it. I'm coming at Clara. I'm coming at Martha. And then it just cuts to a wild driving scene. And we're like, it's like the point of view of you're in the car and you're a passenger in the car and wild driving is happening. And then of course we learn that a woman is at the wheel. Well, you could be, there's lane crossing. It's where literally. It looks like we're about to get in a car accident. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's where the phrase like stay in your lane comes from because you're shouting, (laughs) stay in your lane. She's just, that's just a suggestion for whoever's driving this car. And so then we look, it's Peter and Emily and they're driving and Emily is like way in too much of a hurry to get to this house. And she's like, if you don't like my driving Peter, like you didn't have to come with me. Um, so then like, I just, I don't remember exactly what they had the conversation about, but she, it, the scene ends with Emily, who's like an old ass woman. She's like in her fifties. Yeah. yeah. She said, you don't have ideas, baby Peter brother. And I didn't notice that line the first time I watched it. I Yeah, because I was going to ask you about it. The second time, I was like, oh my God, it's total foreshadowing. Which I guess, should I just call it out now? Yeah. She, I think, because we know how this ends, and she ended up also, because she, we learn, is a cousin, I believe, of these people. Right. And I think it's signaling that her brain was also regressing. And, like, that's... So, like, she stopped forming sentences. Oh! Mm -hmm. I also think it might have... Or it could have inferred, like, the way their relationship. Baby Peter brother, because the inbreeding. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing. When I first saw it, I thought that they were a couple. And, Mm -hmm. And... And then, like, as it progresses and stuff later on, when she basically is like, oh, because there's another woman, and go off with her, I was like, wait, why is she I doing too, that? I did but they're related somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, so, she, so he... At this point, I had been taking notes, and Teeny said, I'll do the the 40-minute recap, and I was so excited I missed that little bit of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I missed it the first time. So, like, they're going to the estate... And they're the ones that are basically going to be like, this is our house. So they get there. Because um, they want because they want the house, right? They don't care about the kids. Yeah, they, they just want the estate. They want the house. They want the money. Um, right. They drive up and there's nobody else there. Like no other cars are there. So they drive up and she goes up there. And there's a great scene where like she's peeking in the window, just like the, where the man had just been mm-hmm. murdered and just and as soon as she pulls her head out the window closes and then she looks and Sid Haig what's his name Ralph Ralph yeah. is just like staring at her creepy he's so creepy um so then we cut to another driving scene and Bruno is driving a man and a lady and he's like being the, he's chauffeuring them they're in the back seat this scene was so funny to me and I loved it um but they're on the, the, a man and a lady in the backseat, and we learned that the man is Mr. Schlocker. And I just love that Bruno kept calling him Mr. Shocker. <laughs> um, so, Schlocker, I listened to another podcast about this movie, and I can't remember what it was called, but the guy was like, 
picture Charlie Day when he's pretending to be a lawyer and it's always sunny and put a Hitler mustache on him. Yes. And that is what that is what Mr. Schlocker looks like. That's exactly. Um, so he's like an ugly old lawyer looking man with a Hitler mustache and a pretty lady is next to him. Very small uh, stature. Very small stature, blonde. Uh, so Mr. Schlocker is like, thank you, Bruno, for being so cooperative. Like, I'm going to make sure that we take care of you. Like, you're the family's chauffeur. You've, you've served them for so many years. I'll make sure you're not forgotten in this. And Bruno's like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like, what are you trying to get out here? Hmm. Um, and he's like, ah, I'd just like to ask you some questions. And he's like, so you're the custodian, right? And Bruno's like, I, I guess you, if that's what you want to call it, sure. And he's like, so these kids, like, don't go to school, right? And then Bruno said the master wouldn't allow that. And so he said they don't go to the doctor. And Bruno was like, no, they go to frequent and regular visits to the doctor. And Mr. Shocker's like, oh, so is there something wrong with them? Just, like, typical lawyer questions, mm -hmm. trying to make it seem like you're saying something that you're not saying. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's like, so they aren't well? And Bruno was like, well, they're as well as you could expect. You see, they're not ordinary children. And then he says, they're, well, you might call it retarded. Yeah. And I felt like Bruno didn't want to use that term to declare that, but he was just being like, well, I know you're tight, Mr. Schlocker. Like, I know that this is what you would call them. And right. wasn't that the medical terminology of the time for like a st stunted yeah, mental? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it probably was, or maybe it was changing, but I still felt like Bruno didn't... Because, the, like yeah, they weren't really, like, retarded. Retarded means slow. But because they they were just regressing. Yeah, and Bruno was like, you don't, you really don't understand. Like, these, yeah. He's like, you might think they're retarded, but... You don't get exactly. these kids. Exactly. They're Benjamin, they're Benji Button, but you don't know who Benji Button is right now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, he literally said, I don't think you understand, Mr. Shocker. <laughs> uh, and Shocker's like, I mean, I just don't get it. Like, there is institutions that for this. Right. Basically, like you could have thrown them in an institution, especially when all this money and this estate is involved. Um and then Bruno's kind of saying to himself, and he says, I don't think the master would like this. Mm -hmm. And then they're all at the house together. So we pull up to the house, and now they're all there. So Mr. and Miss Howell, which are Pete and Emily, they drove up the first car to drive up. And then Bruno pulls up with Mr. Schlocker and Miss Morris. We learn it's Miss Morris, and Miss Morris is Mr. Schlocker's secretary. Of course she is. Or Yes. And can you imagine the things that he would say to her? Oh, God. In the office. And um, the things he would say to her, the how, the touching. Like, I know. Is, the, the butt slaps. Yeah. The eight toots. The hugs. Um, okay. Excuse me. My notes. <laughs> Let's go and all right well something about the rest of oh okay okay i know what happened 
So they're all meeting. So this is the first time that Pete and Emily are meeting the lawyer and the lawyer and Miss Morris, his secretary, are there to help them with this estate, like claim their rightfully owned estate. And Emily is just like way too anxious to get into the house. She's like, ah, skip the rest of it, Schlocker. Let's go in and take a look at the place. And I don't know. I was like, you're, I did not like her. No, it's obvious Um, she was just there for the money. Yeah, she's there for the money. So Bruno's like, okay, wait a minute. Like, I just want to say before we go in, you guys need to treat the cheat children tactfully. They're not accustomed to having visitors. Um, they're not accustomed to strangers, and they might act wild if encouraged. Uh, so they all meet. Um, okay, they go inside. Emily and Virginia are there, and then we start to see the dumb waiter come up, and <laughs> Ralph's inside. And I love Virginia. I was like, Ralph, 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 Ralph. Ralph. Um, and we. This is where we start to see like Ralph just travels through the house via the dumbwaiter which i just love yeah because he's all gangly and smooshed up in there and like unfolds it's pretty creepy in and of itself but funny mm-hmm. and he, but yet humorous yeah and then peter is just he just seems like one of those guys that like wants to think the best of everybody yeah. and he's so polite and he goes up to the dumbwaiter with um ralph inside and he was like see emily he's just a big kid um so then the adults are talking and schlocker the lawyer is like see like these kids need professional care um they're clearly not right in the head he's saying basically and bruno's like but i promised their father that i would take care of them um and he's like i don't want i wouldn't want their unfortunate malady to become like the object of public attention and um, Schlocker's trying to say like, oh, gone are the days where we just throw our insane behind a door. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to put them somewhere where they belong. And he just thinks that like trying to like be like, oh, okay, an institution is where they need to be. Um, and then it cuts over to Elizabeth in Virginia and Elizabeth, the blonde one. She seems to kind of be like the one in charge or like the older one. And she's like, they're talking about it. I said, I know. And then it cut back to them and Bruno, Bruno's explaining like, see, they're not retarded. That's not what they have. They literally have a deterioration of their brain and eventually it starts to take over their body as well. Um, like you just don't get it. Um, I also just would like to tell you that my notebook is running out. So I had to go back to the beginning and I wrote <laughs> on Friday, March 4th, I had a shipment meeting at 8 a.m. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so Bruno continues to explain and he's like the Mary family has been affected by this for generations and the children are unfortunately a result of inbreeding but we do think that they're the last of the generation like these are the last of it and I like I promise I would take care of them forever um, so Shocker's like yeah yeah also we need to know the whereabouts about some of the other members of the family yeah, they like, just when they dropped the whole inbreeding thing, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, was like, yeah, this is inbreeding. I was like, oh, we went there. Yeah, yeah, and then and nobody, but nobody, nobody did a zero whoa, reaction. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait, wait, time out, time out. It was a yada yada yada. Yeah, it was like, but I guess it's like they knew that that was their family secret, and I think that Emily just wanted to like get this fucking house and be like, I'm done with this family, like yes. Yes. 
They don't even, Pete and Emily didn't even use the Mary last name. They were introduced as like Mr. and Mrs. something else. Um, oh. Well, maybe, yeah, it, like when they they were, were, maybe it was their mother then. Like they were related to the Marys on their mother's side. And so they had their father's last name. Maybe. Oh, yeah. True. Um, okay, so Schlocker wants to know about the whereabouts of some of the members of the Mary family. And so the guy, the father's estate, which is who they're there for, it's the father's estate. I think his name is Titus, maybe. Yes. <laughs> which okay. is, that, that's and just like, such old white man name is Titus. Like, love was it Lovecraft Country Titus as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's like, Titus had two sisters and a brother, I believe. Nedrick Mary. Nedrick. And <laughs> then <laughs> he's like, yeah, Nedrick, another white, pe- white people. Just put a Rick on Aaron Rick. <laughs> Adam Rick. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, Nedrick Mary. Is he alive? And Bruno says, well, you might say so, sir. <laughs> and then it cuts over to Virginia and Elizabeth again. And Elizabeth's like, they're talking about Uncle Ned. And Elizabeth's like, I know. <laughs> um, so then Bruno's like, ah, yeah, like they're, you could say they're alive. We had to put them in a more uh, private institution. <laughs> And we already know, like, you heard him opening the secret door and calling for Uncle Ned and Aunt Clara and Aunt Martha. Yeah, and, like, they can't be seen. But meanwhile, these murdering sisters and Ralph (laughs) can be seen. So you know their situation. Yeah. And uh, then Schlocker's like, um, well, I don't know what he did then. (laughs) Okay, so they're talking. And then... Emily, oh, I know. Okay, Schlocker's like, so you mean to tell me that you're the chauffeur and they had the chauffeur in charge of this entire estate, all the institution, all the people. And it's like, okay, yeah, Bruno has just been living with this wild family for all these years. And as they deteriorate, he just has to decide what to do with them. Yeah. And figure it out. Um. So then Emily, this bitch, is like, yeah, 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 I'm so hungry. Let's do this after dinner. And Schlocker was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're spending the night here. And uh, Bruno was like, uh, <laughs> you guys, oh, we're not prepared for visitors. I don't know if you've seen the place, but we aren't ready. And we don't have any, like, dinner. What are you talking about? And Emily is like, you do have food to serve, don't you? Trying to be like, oh, yep, you're not taking care of these kids. You don't have a reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I, that, this really hit home for me because as someone like, you know, my Monday through Fridays and stuff, very regimented on what I eat. If someone pops up and they're like, oh, we're here for dinner. I'm like, oh, uh, well, um, it's going to be tilapia, sweet potatoes, and probably some mashed cauliflower. Cause... <laughs> By the way, I only have tilapia for one, so I guess I'll cut it in half. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you know, you, you, I just got this notification today. You, 
I mean, yeah. grocery yeah. shopping isn't for another 14 days, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then he's like, well, you know, our diet is very austere. But I suppose we could figure something out. Um, um, Bruno's vocabulary was quite advanced. Yes, yes. Um, so then it cuts, we're outside, and you see Virginia crawling on the ground like a spider. She did look like a spider. Yeah, that's like, that's, I can't do that. So good and creepy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, my wrists are not that flexible. Yeah. And she's like, I smell a bug. And she lifts up a rock. And then we cut to a cat. <laughs> and we see Ralph stalking the cat from a distance. And all of a sudden, he pounces. And you hear cat screeching. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. Then we cut and the guests are in the parlor. They're, I don't know, like waiting for dinner to be served. Um, Oh, okay. And then Elizabeth standing there like cranking the dumbwaiter. Once again, we see Ralph coming up in the dumbwaiter and he's all dressed up in his fanciest clothes. In his cute little suit. (laughs) That's five sizes too small for him. Um, and Elizabeth and Virginia have on their fanciest of dresses. Um, and I did notice like Emily wouldn't even look at Ralph. Like she's just like so disgusted by these kids. Um, and Peter was like, look, Emily, like Ralph looks so nice. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Won't even look at him. Um, I wrote down Peter is weird. He's like trying to to be too nice. Yeah, Yeah. He was trying really hard. It's like he went to cotillion. Or whatever the boy version of that is. Yeah. <laughs> is that is um, cotillion like the the the, de, what is it? Do debutante? debutante? Yeah, you you go there to learn your manners. Oh, like the when you put a book on your head to be able to walk and kind of stuff. I think it's a big Southern white people thing. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Henceforth, Aaron, you didn't ever. Do I know it. nothing. I do remember my mom asking me if I wanted to do it. I didn't. And then, <laughs> and then you're, 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 you're <laughs> yeah. You, this will make sense, Ma, in the future. <laughs> um, okay. Then we see Virginia walks out and she says, ladies and gentlemen, dinner is served. And she does a little curtsy. Um, and Bruno was like, oh, my God, like, you're doing such a good job, Virginia. Like, you're being so polite. You're holding yourself together. And she's like, can I go feed Winifred now? And Bruno was like, no, 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 no. Like, no. <laughs> no, you can't you. mess no. with Winifred right now. And she's like, but, you know, if you don't feed her, she gets hungry and she'll go looking for something to eat. So he's like, okay, go feed. Go, then go feed her. We don't want her coming out. So then Virginia goes into this other room and she calls for Winifred. She's like, oh my God, Winifred, come out. And then you see her empty like a mason jar that had a cricket in it. Mm -hmm. Then the biggest, hairiest tarantula crawls out. Well, I have to say that I was panicking for a different reason because I'm like, it's a cricket, but where, what is this? I hope, 
thought it was a snake gonna come out. Yes, I was like, this uh, is this is called Spider Baby. I and I'm my fingers are crossed. So when that that biggest spider came out, I was so happy. I was like, look at that beautiful creature. Yeah, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it might be a person. Yeah, I didn't know what it was gonna be, but. I appreciated that it was like a real spider, not like a fake monster. An animated spider. one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then another one comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, Fred, you didn't tell me that Barney was going to be here. Like Barney came back. So it's like she just has multiple tarantulas and not in cages. They're just living in the no, house. They're, they're everywhere they want to be. Mm hmm. Then we that's then it cuts back to the dinner table, and it's a very nicely set dinner, t- like mm-hmm. a fancy dinner table. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all the accoutrements, but Bruno picks up the what's it called that goes over. I it. kept waiting for that to come up. The and he said voila, and Emily was disgusted, and she was like, "What is that?" and we know it's the dead cat on the table that's been cooked up, but Peter is just like, oh, look, it's rabbit. It's got to be rabbit. <laughs> Peter is me at any any place where people have made me food. I'm Peter. This is how I yeah. act. Like, I'm just like, oh, this looks delicious. I'm going with it. It's It's been cooked. I'll try it. Okay. I'm Emily. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me so- get the chips in. And Emily, Mars bar out of my purse. Emily is me at any seafood restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusted. And Bruno's like, we're so lucky to have meat for our guests. We are vegetarians. And Elizabeth goes, it's dead. We don't eat dead things. Yes. Which, oh. Okay. Um, and so they're like, oh my God, that's so great. Like Peter's like, that's so great that you feed them a vegetarian diet. And Bruno's like, well, you know, it's not, it's mainly because the ma- master knew that if we fed them flesh, it would hasten their condition. So then the next dish comes up and Schlocker's like, what the heck is that? And Bruno's like, it's souffle fungi. Um, and Elizabeth, uh, Emily's like, it's mushroom Schlocker. And he's like, Virginia provided these. She has an uncanny neck to picking out the unpoisonous ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so then, so I loved the scene when Peter was like spooning the mushrooms onto Virginia and Elizabeth's plates. And they both were like, thank you, Uncle Peter. And like winking at him. And you could tell these girls like thought Peter was so cute. <laughs> I thought Peter was cute. I he was. Um, and so then, uh, Emily is just like, ew, like, I'm not eating any of this. This is disgusting. Um, and Bruno was like, oh, perhaps you'd like to try some of our fresh garden greens. This was hilarious. And over, and Peter was like, yeah, Emily, like, have some salad. And they hand over the bowl. It looks like a tumbleweed. It is. It's just so dry. It's a straight up tumbleweed. And Elizabeth, like, picks up the tongs and just like <laughs> but 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 they weren't tongs do you know what those were no those were forceps those were Ew. forceps <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Ew. I get to but aren't forceps really just tongs 
I mean, yeah. really? Yeah, that go in people's vaginas to pull babies out. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's like, oh, then we cut to Ralph. He's like chowing down on the cat. And they were like, wait, is Ralph not a vegetarian too? And Bruno was like, oh yeah, he is, but he's allowed to eat anything that he catches. <laughs> And Emily's just like over it and she takes out a candy bar and chips out of her purse. Um, and they're like, okay, like this is how you eat. And then Bruno was like, oh, I mean, we have some, we have our delicacies too, but they're not in season right now. Um, and then Peter picks up, is like going for another dish. And Bruno was like, oh, no, 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 sir. You wouldn't want any of that. And it zooms in and it's just like a bowl of live bugs. Yeah. And it's been 40 minutes. Well done. Well done. So we are to our POC count. Previously stated. One. One. Well, then I, I suggested that we start doing a new thing. Also, we have our people of color count. And then also power of cast. Power right. of cast. And I would like to share my, I could share my nerd alert about our one person of color. Yes. Okay. So as you talked about, he was like a big actor and he was in a lot of films before this. Um, this was filmed in his older years. But we were watching this and Adam was watching it with me and he was like, oh, wow. He was like, was this, this was like the first movie to kill off the black person first in a scary movie. And he was just saying that, but then I did some research and it really was the first movie and it kind of started that. And that, uh, I found a website, I think it's called blackhorrorfilms.com. And it was talking about like that scene where he dies. It's like, it also kind of signified the ending of before this movie, all the scary movie, like black people in scary movies were like the spook character where they would get like, like they were like, you know, or they would be caught in these situations and just do something like stupid and funny or like act in a stupid way that made themselves not get killed. And, um, this kind of started the new like black person dying first in a horror movie. Oh my gosh. Interesting. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, I know this dude's <laughs> bye brother. Like, yeah. Well, and you could see like, it was kind of reminiscent of the old spook character when he was like, Oh boy, I really hope somebody's home right now. You know, like mm-hmm. they still made it do like, he was still putting himself in the situation where no right person would have ever stuck their head into the window to be like, Oh, here we are. But, and it made, but I it was interesting that that was, it really was like the first movie. And when you Google the like first movie to kill off a black person first, <laughs> this comes up spider baby. Like, yeah. Oh, we have, we have done history. And I did. I appreciated his um, persistence. You know, he didn't give up. He he wanted to um No, he didn't complete his job. Well I will did say he, but did we, he have to was that persistence on his character or was that persistence on you know, the I cast? Think you could tell there was something that was gonna come down on him if he did not Yeah, persist. exactly. It wasn't oh, like okay. he was going above him. It was like I have this job and if I'm in the south 
at that time you could just disappear for whatever reason like he's the subordinate cast so the dominant cast doesn't need any excuse you you could look at it that way or you could look at it well that's true from his point of view of like he has to do this okay okay so um so for me I put that like that first scene with the woman, how it could be. I could see how people could see it two ways. You know, when he goes, the messenger, Mantan, he pulls up and he's like, hey, do you know where the Mary house is? And it's he's asking the two white children. And I you could see it from the dominant caste society of like, oh, the woman comes out and is hurrying her kids away because, you, you know, she doesn't want any of the trouble or, or with that. Well, you could also read it as this dominant caste woman. How dare you talk to my children? You are a member of the subordinate caste. We don't want anything to do with you. And when he was asking about the family, you know, she knows you could if you're looking at it from both ways, like you she knows that they're oh those like they're wild up there and they're murdering. She doesn't say, hey, man, I don't know what your situation is, but you don't want to mess with them. She doesn't warn the brother Mm-mm. about anything. And I didn't take it as I didn't take her to be like, oh, they're murdering up there. I just thought she was like, oh, they're like mentally. Unst- I don't even think she I didn't even infer that she knew anything about the murdering. I was just like, oh, we don't talk about them like they're. And maybe she did. Oh, well, actually, oh, my God. Her two kids were probably the ones that almost got cut in her spider web. Yeah. Oh. And so that's why I, like, when I'm so watching she's it. she's like, oh, well, my kids have, like, had a run-in with those people. They're crazy. I just took her as being this, the dominant cast and then those crazy people up there. Right. right. But right. I looked at it as, yeah, I'm the dominant cast. I don't know who you are. You're in the subordinate cast. You're a stranger to me and my family. I don't want my kids talking to you. Right. I and think if it would have another white woman with her two white kids looking for it, she would have been like, don't go up there. Yes, my kids exactly. Are up there and almost exactly. got murdered. It's really unsafe. And mm-hmm. she was just like, no, we don't talk about that. You go find out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also... Um, so when we're watching this now... We all know that he's, we've already said, established it like the first black man to get killed in the film. And that's like, like, like it came from this part. Like, the, and this is, that's why it's a trope. That's why it's a stereotype. That's why it's funny when people are like, no, me no die. Like, you know, they, they started somewhere and it, that's cool that it started here. And then the fact that, like, okay, someone, would go looking for him right on one hand is like this man has disappeared his fa- like he doesn't have family or anybody that's like well what what was he going he's disappeared or are things so fucked up that it just wasn't that unusual for a black man to not return home and yeah. it's just like well i i guess the dominant cast got him he got, yeah. you know, somebody pointed a finger. In his family, in 1964, if his family went to the police to be like, hey, our family member is missing, they wouldn't have done anything to look into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And is that why he was sent to deliver yeah. the envelope in the first place? We know that nobody's gonna care. No, he's disposable. Yep. Yeah, but I do feel like if this was in real life, that somebody would be like, "Wait, like the police isn't gonna go looking for him, so I need to go." Like, where was he? Like, what happened to him? Oh, I mean, yeah. that's basically what started Lovecraft Country was his yeah. father was missing <laughs> and he went uh-huh. looking for him. So yeah. just the fact that that doesn't even happen in this is like, oh, he, nobody. Yeah. And I know it's like a horror movie and well, it would add too it, much it also, to it. It also all only all happens on the same day. It that's, all true. that's true. That's true. They haven't even had a chance to. That's true. These are true things, but just wanted to point out the power of the cast. That's right. Uh, So we are two nerd alerts. Okay. So as I said, I went with 1967 to set the scene of when this movie was released onto the public. So Lyndon Baines Johnson was the president of the United States. The Green Bay Packers beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the first Super Bowl. First oh. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Green the, first Super the very first one was in 1967. Wilhelm Herster, he was a he led the German security police in occupied Netherlands, and in 1967 he went on trial in Munich for murdering 82,856 Jews, including Anne Frank. Hmm. He was hmm. eventually, so that was when his trial was in 1967. He was eventually sentenced to an additional 15 years in prison. 15 years in prison. 15. <laughs> because the Netherlands tried him in 1947 and he was convicted. And in 1947, he was sentenced to 12 years and he was released in 1953. Somehow, so I don't know, understand how the Netherlands does math because that's 1949, 12 years, but you're released in 1953. So then with his conviction from the 1967 trial, he was credited for time served and he was pardoned wow. in 1969. Oh my God. But before we get all angry, he was stripped of his doctorate. Oh, you know, and and, you know, also there are no statues nor monuments to him nor any of his Nazi comrades. So we can't really get on our high horse over here about his uh, what sentencing for killing eighty two thousand eight hundred fifty six people. Oh, wow. That's wow. where we draw the line at building a statue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number. Ooh. Kill less than that. We'll put a statue on Mon- Monument Avenue in Richmond, Virginia. No time. I just, I'm, it's just wild to me. I'm like, how much time, prison time did this guy actually, okay, all right. Um, the 25th Amendment of the Constitution was ratified, and that's what deals with presidential succession and disability. And that was in 1967. I'm like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> that, like, we had already dealt with this with the, the Garfield, Lincoln, McKinley, but it wasn't until 67 that, it, like, the official succession was put into place. Interesting. The Velvet Underground released their first album in the United States. 
Jimi Hendrix Experience released their first album in the United mm. States, as did Pink Floyd's first album came out, and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club came out. Wow. So good. The top films of 1967. So 1977 is when they started officially tabulating the box office results. Right. So okay. these are the top film grosses of films released in 1967. So number one film was The Graduate. Disney's The Jungle Book was number two. Oh. The number three top grossing film of 1967. Spider Baby. Gone with the Wind. Oh, oh, because it was re released. It got re released in October. Yep. Wow. And then the okay. fourth was Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which wow. was also released in 1967. Um, in 19, Elvis married Priscilla Presley. Oh, I remember that. Martin, so, you know, Vietnam War is raging, and Martin Luther yes. King Jr. comes out and denounces it. That was the end of him. Okay. June 13th, Thurgood Marshall was nominated to the Supreme Court. And on August 30th, 1967, he was confirmed the first African-American on the Supreme Court. Let's guys, let's just like right now. Let's just. Yeah. On, well, yeah, he was nominated on your birthday. Let's just take it in. Like Thurgood Marshall, he was nominated and confirmed. Like, let's just, let's just like, just, let's just go with that, guys. Let's just, okay. Let's just remember. That's and then possible. Just, just stop it right there. Right. Don't, don't think, don't overthink it. So in 1967, this goes into the power of caste because the dominant caste of society for 1967, that was known as the Summer of Love. So in San Francisco, all of that. However, that's why I say it's the dominant cast, because there were a lot of what Wikipedia terms. Okay. I don't know how to properly say this. I have to use the parlance of the times because Wikipedia terms this race riots. But after learning about Uh, the Tulsa quote race riots, which were really the Tulsa massacre, I loosely, and I did not do enough research to, to go into the ins and outs of these if they were massacres or riots or whatever. Wikipedia calls them race riots. There were huge riots in, we all could, like, dominant society considers the summer of love. There were huge riots in Tampa, Buffalo, Newark, New Jersey, Minneapolis, Detroit, Milwaukee, and D.C., so, yeah, you don't really hear about those. You hear about the summer of love. You don't hear about these horrible riots and which is and like the, you think about now, and you're like, oh, okay, fifty years from now, the history books will have to talk about. Mm-hmm. But who knows what it will, what parts are included, and exactly, yeah, and how it will only the white man that writes the book who writes yeah. the yeah because the the summer of love was a bunch of dominant cast hippies um you know just tu- tuning in tuning out and dropping out i've butchered that timothy leary phrase or apologies but you know that's how it's portrayed i don't i haven't done enough research to look into what this were these just protests of like stop beating us <laughs> mm. 
or you know and then the police were like hey what are you all doing you can't be out here bing 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 and like beating people up and then it's Mm -hmm. like oh it's a race riot so that's how history is and then finally which i thought was crazy apropos for today on june 12 1967 loving versus virginia the supreme court case oh i'm gonna get (laughs) i'm gonna get emotional um yeah me too it prohibited uh interracial marriage it's unconstitutional and today is your anniversary 45 years congratulations guys Thank you. Ah, I knew I was going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So there's uh, nerd alerts. Well done. So we are two reheatables. Now, (laughs) my first (laughs) negative reheatable is um, our, our, our lovely messenger. And you see him and I thought he was on a motorcycle. (laughs) And so my reheatable was no helmet, but then they pulled out and you saw it not so fast. It wasn't a motorcycle. It's a tricycle. He didn't need a helmet for it. It was a motorized cart. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. It's a tricycle. I've been... Well, I'll just push back a little bit because I have been a passenger on one of those. And yes, you should definitely wear a helmet on them. (laughs) There's still nothing protecting your head. But yeah, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's a trike. Because there was a guy at my gym. He was a Vietnam veteran and he had one because he had been in so many accidents that he couldn't ride a motorcycle. So he got the tricycle and I went out on a ride with him one time. And I had a helmet on, but I was like, it was one of those rides where we were going on and he's just like, the, you know, a nice man. He served our country and stuff. And he proceeds to tell me about all of the motorcycle accidents he's been on <laughs> while I'm on the back of this thing. And I was just like, God, just if you get me off of this alive, I promise. Like, I thought I was, I thought I was being the nicest person in the world and soon my life was flashing before my eyes. Oh, wow. Okay, another negative reheatable is using forceps to serve salad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when, when Emily is running away in her <laughs> Fredericks of Hollywood outfit, <laughs> with her, with her sh- heels still on, She's running through the woods. Finally, she oh, did take off. I thought that was a great scene where they were all running through the woods <laughs> and their heels. Like, she had her heels on. They were all running in their dresses. It's, like, that's what starts, I think, probably with, you know, that, because there's always that in all the spoofs of the women running through. And they're yeah. always running like that. That's what made me laugh was how she was running. Um. Okay, Emily would when she bef- when she was getting ready to put on her well, she had on her Fredericks of Hollywood under her clothes, but she she was walking barefoot on those floors. Yeah, that was creepy how she was it, 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 not clean. That 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 house had not been cleaned in forever. And she's wiping her hands on on herself after she touches a chair, but she's okay, barefoot. 
when when the secretary is with Peter in the car and they were talking her line was every man should be like a wild beast okay yeah that was a negative <laughs> but the biggest negative i had was inbreeding yeah, this is a pretty big that. <laughs> that's a pretty big one since since you went so far opposite of inbreeding you were like i guarantee that these are new genes i am introducing seeing as how my mother's maiden name was weber and my father's last name was weber you know i mean we had to we had to get some new blood in the system i've been told weber is like smith in germany yeah. and yeah. that's what i that's what okay. i hang my hat on and fingers crossed <laughs> Just because they were from the same area of Germany. Moving on, other people. Oh, we got a Roosevelt situation here? Well, I don't have to worry about it. I got an influx of, of genes. That's right. It's you. <laughs> it explains a lot, doesn't it? That's why you're regressing into a spider. Other negatives? Um, retard. You know, a lot of the R words in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know was of the time, but But may I say when they were not using it It wasn't well. an insult. Like it it wasn't I mean it's No, it was it they're trying to use it medically. Yeah. They right. thought they were trying to use it to describe the condition. Especially um, when Ron Cheney was doing it. When he was doing it was with respect. Just this is the medical term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because mm -hmm. Lon Cheney was um, doing all sorts of like like the the woke Olympics that that we have now of like like when he was trying to explain it to people of like yeah yeah um and and inbreeding yeah yeah all right my my negative reheatables are uh, Emily's I call it in my notes I have homegirls driving skills just <laughs> yeah everywhere um okay. What's his name? Shocker, Schlocker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I missed the entire scene. I had to completely rewind it because the minute I saw this man's face, I was like, oh, my God. In 2010, Michael Jordan tried that. He tried the Hitler stash and it was still too soon in 2010. <laughs> this guy yeah. has a Hitler stash in the 60s. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. Too soon. And that made me laugh because I remember when my dad came to pick me up. He picked me up. I went to school in Philadelphia. He picked me up. You know, it's a Friday. So I'm like, you know, getting moving around, all these things, getting my clothes together, all this stuff. It wasn't until we got to Baltimore that I looked at him and was like, what happened to your mustache? I had never seen him without a mustache. I, the whole time I'm like, why does he, what, what's going on? Like things I are weird. I hadn't even noticed. I had not noticed. I was completely, like I've only seen him with a mustache. And then I, I was like, what? And then it, it hit me in Baltimore. <laughs> Where did your mustache go? 
he had to shave it off because even in the 2000s, he he kept edging it closer and closer to even it out. And pretty soon he was like, it was a Hitler stash. I can't do you, you can't walk around with the Hitler stash. Oh, that was funny. So I and then I also have, you know, the R word. Um, I have the it's excuse me. This is because of what inbreeding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then like you mentioned with the Fredericks of Hollywood and stuff, my whole thing about that was you see the house, like you mentioned the floors already. There's <laughs> like nothing's been dusted. I don't, and I see part of it. I admit is my own preference. I'm not a thrift store shopper. I don't like the, I like other people's clothes and stuff. So just the idea that she goes into a house, even if it was an immaculate house, and starts putting on clothes from a wardrobe, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, that was gross. This yeah, fat, like this house is all disgusting and nasty, and she's like, oh, let me put try this on. Oh, I was, no, not doing that. And then my final battery heatable, which I guess ends up probably being a, uh, an awesome a really awesome reheatable and shows the power of what we can do when we all decide to get behind something. Peter was just completely out here drunk driving with not a worry. And they went to that tavern and then he's driving. He's drunk. She's drunk. There isn't even a like, Oh, I can't, you know, they're going to from hotel to hotel or motel to motel. And then they turn, they're like, I guess we got to turn back and drive. And he smashed. And I'm like, wow, this is why we have mothers against drunk driving. This is why when I see this, I'm like, no, you need to pull over. If you need to go somewhere, you need to get a taxi cab. You cannot be behind the wheel. Well done. Well done. Okay. Positive reheatables. Who said behoove? It would behoove you to. You all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it's a positive reheatable for me. That's when I, I knew that I had graduated grad school because um, we had to write journals and we were having a bad time with our principal. And so um, our professor said that he had mailed our journals back to our school and we knew that if those journals got to our school and our principal saw them, we would all be fired. <laughs> and so we kept saying to him, you have to find our journals. You, you, ha- you have to. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And finally I said to him, it would behoove you to go and look for our journal now. And he took duct tape and put it on my mouth. Oh my gosh. And that, I took it off and said, I just graduated grad school. Sir, you just physically assaulted me. I just passed. (laughs) I believe I'm number one in the class. Um, When Peter rolls up the window of the convertible. (laughs) Yes. I have that too. He wanted no part of the conversation. Uh, The caddy. I remember that the oh, Cadillac. I didn't even notice that the the one he was 
Was that the convertible? Was the it, Cadillac? I think it was. Oh, I think it was. I, I thought I thought it was nice. That the uh, the gore was all off screen. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And the humor. I didn't expect it to be so. Yeah, funny. I didn't either. Yeah, it was not what I ex- had expected. Me either. I, I was so pleasantly surprised. <laughs> um, my positive reheatables. The sound effects oh. were great. Yes. All of the, the creaking of the house. Um, I just thought they were all so good. I, I think even like when the dumbwaiter was coming up and down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the dumbwaiter. Dumb yeah. Oh, my God. And then just that we never saw, like, I don't know, just the fact that they had Ralph really committed to traveling, like, all throughout the house and the dumbwaiter, I just loved. Um, When I went back and did the 40 minutes the second time, just the foreshadowing, (laughs) like, they did a really good job of foreshadowing, but also I loved that, like, we knew what was happening anyway. Like, they said from the get-go, it's inbreeding, but there were still elements of you know, surprise, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that it was in black and white, even though it didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Like, there was color then. But I think it made it so much more creepy that it was in black and white. Agreed. Um, I loved the house. I would love to live in that house if it was nice and... Well, you know, it, yeah, fixed up. I think it's fixed still up. around. We'll, we'll get to it. Yes, yeah, it nugget. is. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think those are. Oh, I loved the scene with the girls running through the through the field in their dresses. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I loved that everything was real and believable instead of like. Like they didn't use animatronic spiders mm-hmm. or like that was presumably real rats. Yeah, those looked like real rats. They, yeah. Yeah. And those are my positives. All right. I have my positives. I already said when Peter rolls up the window in the convertible because <laughs> he didn't want to go in. He was scared. I like that. Um I also had like even though we've been shitting on Emily a lot. She ended up being a great wingman for her brother because that scene where she was like, oh, there's only a couple rooms, so I guess, like, two people won't, so I'll stay here, and then you and this pretty young thing can go. I was like, oh, wow. Because at at that point, that's when I got confused because I thought there were a couple, and I was just like, okay, this is interesting for 60s, I guess. And then... Um, okay, so I liked how when I saw that this guy had done Coffee and Foxy Brown, I was thinking that this was going to be, I don't really know the right word to say it. Like, I don't, I'm going to say schlocky, but I don't really mean that. I thought it was going to be more haphazardly put together and not Mm -hmm. really make kind of sense. And I thought that this was actually a very well-crafted, put-together film. Like, and it just reminded me yeah. of an extended episode of The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought when it said, because a couple of things said it was schlocky. And I 
also that's funny that his name was Schlafer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that it was going to be funny in a sense of like, oh, it's so stupid. It's funny. And right. Like, right. It wasn't. There was like actual like comedy. Yes. Funny. I laughed out loud a couple of times. I thought yeah. I was surprised by how straight ahead it was because when we last week when we said it, I was like, oh, 1968, 1967. This is going to be like in a weird LSD thing. And is it even going to make yeah. sense? And it's not. It is a very kind of straightforward movie. And my best reheatable, I thought, was the very end. Mm-hmm. I did, too. I didn't know if I was going to pick that for my MVP, but I, the end was so good. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was, like, with the daughter, I was just like... Oh, it, my God. It was, was so good. It was very reminiscent of that last scene with in psycho you know mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. looking at the camera and breaking that fourth wall and like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> okay we are to quotables we had some of them with uh with the retelling the mm-hmm. one time i leave him alone mm-hmm if I were you, I'd hurry, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, others? Um, just Bruno, when they're looking at the letter and they're like, it's something bad, isn't it, Bruno? And he's he said, just because something isn't good doesn't mean it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I had. Um, Schlocker, he said, at one point he goes, this has gone well beyond the boundaries of prudence and good taste. <laughs> that's my second one as well. Um, when Elizabeth said, spiders don't eat other spiders, and Virginia said, cannibal spiders do. <laughs> um, and then at the end, when they were like looking at when I guess I shouldn't say it, but when Elizabeth said, What's it gonna do, Bruno? and he said, Well, it's gonna make a big flash and go bang, and Virginia said, Oh boy, <laughs> and then. I just loved when they came back after all the drunk driving and when <laughs> Peter and Emily or no, not Peter and Emily, Peter and Mrs. Uh, Harris or whatever her name, Morris immediately they come back and they're trying to separate them. And I think it's Elizabeth that takes Miss Morris and she just keeps calling her pretty lady. <laughs> come on, pretty lady. Oh, you're a pretty lady. Oh, I love that. It was creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only additional quote I have is uh, when they're serving and Peter has carved it and he's looking at it and he says, this thing isn't dressed. I was just like, yeah, like, you're getting, you think, you show up, you expect to be fed. They, they it's feed not just you. like one other people. It's four other people. Yeah. Yeah, but and you're just like, oh, and the, yeah. yeah, that's a negative reheatable showing up and expecting dinner. Yeah, what happened I, here? I wonder if that's a a cast thing. Like we are of like we are of this the upper cast, so when we come yeah, to here, sure. like you need to oh, have yeah, this definitely. already prepared for us, you know. Definitely. Because even though it's very easy to be like the dominant cast in the. Sub, subordinate. subordinate cast 
like within the cast there are cast so within the oh, dominant yeah. cast there are cast mm-hmm. and just like okay lvp my was schlocker oh yeah mine specifically I, was his mustache so you can go yeah, ahead and take this yeah him and his mustache yep mine was sweat well that's a tasty nugget it is i know but um bruno my god that man was sweating i i saw that i recognized it i was like that i ooh, right there my man (laughs) um mvp i will let others go first um mine was i can't decide between the, I have two MVPs. One is the concept. I guess oh. my runner-up is the concept. Okay. I just love that it was like I like a totally original. Like we're gonna f- go with inbreeding. There's a reason. I love that. There's a reason that they right. had this. Like they literally spelled it out from the beginning. This is what's wrong with them. This is how it happened. I feel like we've gotten to a thing with horror films where there's just like unexplainable people who have these weird things going on and we never really figure it out why and what? I have a question. It just occurred to me, like the thing with inbreeding, is that a thing where you're like our genes are the best and we don't want anybody else's genes to come in? So we're just going to keep our genes because we're it's the probably best. how it started That's the way it is with dogs oh yeah because so you think of it to, to a, keep yeah, i'm i think there's probably two i think that's probably how it started i don't well yeah it's definitely how it started i'm sure and then i think it just ease probably, like proximity yeah you know yeah. like whoa knowing you're from a small town i don't know yeah, but I, but I think that it's kind of interesting because, like, we keep talking about cast and how I, I think cast kind of plays a part in inbreeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the royals, you know, they had to marry other royals, and eventually they were marrying their cousins because they all came from the same, you know, mm-hmm. it was a limited set of people. Yeah, limited set of pools, mm-hmm. which is just like it. I'm because I'm I'm rounding the corner, coming to the end of the the book, cast by Isabel Wilkerson. F- phenomenal. I can't recommend it high more highly, and that it it is it just kind of like starts to outline all of the things like that. The dominant cast, like by having by buying into this system and buying into it, all of the negatives that come from that. That, that even didn't treat them and they realized that this is like not a good thing it, now these people who do inbreed are considered a lower caste right yeah right but even though they do think even though they are considered a lower caste they are not considered the lowest caste no even as fucked up as that them. is like it's like well yeah. at least we're inbreeding we still have our lily white skin so mm-hmm. we are above <laughs> All we are others. still better than the highest black man. Mm-hmm. We we like just murder and turn <laughs> into spiders, but we are still better than you. Yeah. But so yes, the concept was my 
first MVP just because mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, but the girls, Virginia and Elizabeth, I just loved them yeah, so much. I that is that's a good one. Okay. They did such like I don't know. I just felt like they played that part. And there's one scene where like they zoom, the camera zooms into them when they're like, I think it's like after Uncle Ned and aunt clara and everything come up and then and they take away emily maybe and then it just zooms into their faces i don't know i just thought they were phenomenal the yeah two. they did a really good job they of were really good playing that that as an adult playing a younger child and they were the ones that started like they that move like they influenced so many other movies like um, like like House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects and um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you have like killer ladies and families. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ma? Mine is Lon Chaney. Yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. <laughs> yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. I really, uh, I just love the amount of empathy he had he really made it he was the heart like this i and Mm -hmm. i think that was also what was surprising to me was how much heart and like you say Mm -hmm. empathy because he was real he was the he did the emotional lifting of it where it would be really easy to just be like oh look at these inbred monsters and stuff and he was like no i'm taking like they're human beings they're people They've been, they didn't have any control over this affliction, you know, they, so yeah. Yeah. The emotional they center. Said, you know, after he did the, um, he did two long like soliloquies. One was about how we can't bring attention to ourselves and th- that's going to happen. Um, and then there was another one. Um, and they said that the the crew, everybody had tears in their eyes when he finished. Yeah, he and they clapped. So much heart in it, yeah. And he, like, he didn't, he, it's like they were a house that, like, they, he didn't want bad things to happen. It's not like he was helping lure people to the house. He mm-hmm. was like, no, like, I left you guys alone, and this is what you did. Like, he exactly. was trying to, like, protect them and, yes. you know. And, and treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he was mine. Well, my honorable mention was Peter because I I liked that I he, like he was just good looking, but he wasn't like a jerk. Yeah. I thought yeah, I, he wasn't a dick. I totally thought that he was just going to be the good looking dick because when I yeah. saw him, I was like, oh, he reminded me of like Rock Hudson, you know, just like he's the pretty boy and he's going to be Donahue. Yeah, he's just going to be yeah, like this dick. He, he was the one trying to get Emily. He's like, no, like Emily, we should take. I think he was. He was like, we need to take the take care of the kids. Like, mm-hmm. we'll we're gonna stop the kids. Like, we'll take you care of them. What? Hmm. So he will become the Bruno for his daughter, probably. Which mm-hmm. I do have that written down later, but um, yeah. But also, he was he. Like I've run into it in my life where it's just like the the good looking guy, but he's got the heart of gold, but he's also just not that bright. Like he's just you know, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Where and so then like there are certain decisions, certain things he makes, and it's just like, oh yeah, you've led a different life than I have, and that's. Uh-huh. But he isn't taking advantage of it. Like he's still trying to do good things and and look out for the people but there is that like oh you have been treated this certain way and you might not even be aware of it enough to take yourself out of it and be like oh I'm this good-looking white man and this is how I've been treated what would it what would I be treated if I wasn't and just like that isn't even a conversation that's being happened like you know that they're having in 1967 Mm -hmm. But that, so that's why you got my honorable mention. My MVP, though, is my main man, Mantan. Uh, Mantan <laughs> Moreland, because I, I'll, you know what? I'll send it to you, Christine, so you could post it on our Instagram. It's not for everybody, but he was, he and this other guy were known for, um, it's on YouTube. It's called, oh, it's called like Infinite Talk. Talk. Where they would, it was he, these two guys, and they would have a conversation, and they would fill each other's sentences in, and you would, and they would keep it going, but you would never know what was saying. It would be like, "Oh, are you still living with?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm still, I'm over there." And did you know? And he's like, "Oh yeah," and they just like oh, keep going. Fun. So I'll um, find it and we'll post it to our Instagram. It's not. I think some people will find it side splitting. Some people might, it just depends on your kind of humor and stuff, but it is one of those things where this was something that maybe didn't get enough attention in the mainstream that it should have. And it it is funny and you can kind of see where like, Oh, people like your favorite comedians might like know who this guy is and know all about it kind of thing. So we'll post it. Excellent. Okay. Recasting. I did Bruno, Elizabeth, Virginia, Ralph, Schlocker, and Emily. Wow. I know. I just did Virginia, Elizabeth, Bruno, and Ralph. Okay. And in one of them, the messenger. Oh, okay. Well, my Emily, I had Kim Cattrall. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. My Schlocker, Kevin Hart. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I can see, I that. Can see that. I love the Charlie Day. Like, that. that is so... I know. I thought about doing a whole cast where it's just, it's always sunny, where Charlie Day is schlocker. Yeah, that would... That would... Mac and Dee are the siblings, and the, wait, or the waitress is one of... The, the waitress might be Emily... You, Sorry, go on. You could totally do that with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and bringing in all like the, the characters in their orbit. That's a really good idea. Danny DeVito is Bruno or... Or Ralph. <laughs> yeah, Danny DeVito is Ralph. <laughs> well, my Ralph, because I felt like Ralph is a bit of an overactor. So the quintessential overactor, Jim Carrey... Mm-hmm. <laughs> my Elizabeth and Virginia are Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and my Bruno is John C. Riley. He's such a good Bruno. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. He totally is. 
he would nail Bruno. Thank you. He would like he would probably get a tear out of me doing one of those oh, monologues. Yeah. I would be like, John C. Riley, you are too good of an actor. You yeah. know what? John C. Riley, because we do a lot of old movies, but I'm I'm saying John C. Riley is a national treasure. You know who else is? After watching a really stupid show on Hulu or something, mm-hmm. Walton Goggins. Oh, Walton Goggins is he totally is an American treasure. Hero. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say national hero. I'm going to say American treasure. American treasure. <laughs> okay. But, okay. Oh, he is. He's got range for days. Yeah. All right. Is that it? You just that, did the I one only cast? did one. All right, I did mm-hmm. two casts. So, Teeny, I'm, I assume you didn't do a cast, right? No, you just heard my "It's Always Sunny" cast. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, you know, your "It's Always Sunny" cast like trumps all of our oh, casts. I could just sure. say. What's the family? What's the? Oh God. Um. I'll do. <gasps> you look it up. I'll do my first oh, cast. Okay. Um. Okay. okay. So my my modern casting. For Ralph, as soon as I saw um, the guy that was playing him, I was like, oh, my God, Ralph should be Paul Shear. He's a comedian. You know him from Black Monday. The guy, he, the bald guy that he's in the show, he's gay. And, he, you know, he has the gap, too. He, he okay. would be an awesome Ralph. Anyway, so for Bruno, I have Martin Sheen. I think he would be a fantastic Bruno. For Virginia, because the woman looked so much like this, like as soon as I saw her, I was like, wait, is that British pop star Lily Allen? So (laughs) I cast Lily Allen as Virginia. (laughs) And then since I cast Lily Allen for Virginia, I was like, let's make it a British pop star sweep. And so for Elizabeth, I cast Adele. (laughs) <laughs> new Adele I haven't seen SNL yet but I was just oh like oh my gosh Adele so that's my and then for my second cast I went I, I went into the Aaron Bush cheat bag and went all time so I was like all time actors I can go in here so for Virginia I cast Freddie Washington because you know she was completely oh, yeah. underutilized Oh so my I'm gosh! Like, yeah, you know Freddie. Anytime I could get people to get on Freddie on board with Freddie Washington, Elizabeth, I was like, well, Freddie Washington is Elizabeth is Virginia. Elizabeth, I'm gonna cast Dorothy Dandridge as Elizabeth. Oh, fun! So then as Bruno, I'm like, well, it's got to be Paul Robeson as Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. And then as Ralph. I kind of like, I'm like, all right, this is where it's all time. Ralph is Gregory Hines. Oh my gosh. Yes. He could, he could tap dance in that dumb waiter. So then as my messenger, I'm like, all right, messenger, you can messenger for my all time cast, Marilyn Monroe. All right. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it on it. You nice little blonde woman yeah. going to deliver it ends up murdered. Ha! You thought? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, like the movie would only be five minutes because then, like, it would just the house would have been firebombed and shit. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a missing white woman. <laughs> the theater where it showed, but <laughs> <laughs> but hey. 
Oh, that's fun. Yep. So well, I came up with mine. Okay. So the Mary siblings mm-hmm. would be the McPoyles. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Schlocker has got to be Charlie at this point. Yes. Emily and Peter, because we still don't know the relation, would be Dee and Dennis. Yes. Um, Anne would be the waitress. Like, she never has to be brought in with this crazy family. And now yes. she just shut up and doing her job. And she would always be, isn't that who Charlie's always after? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bruno would be Frank, just trying to keep all these crazy kids in line. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the delivery person would be Mac. <laughs> who wait? Who is Ralph? The the McPoyles. They're like oh, Ralph yeah, and yeah, Emily. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay. Well, we are to Tasty Nuggets, and I said, um. I said one of mine, but uh, they they really did take her to Fredericks of Hollywood to get her lingerie. Oh. oh. And it was filmed in just 12 days in a little studio with no air conditioning, hence the sweat. In 1964, because the producer went bankrupt... Oh, yeah. And it was shot in August and September in that house is in Highland Park, but if it, it was probably it was shot in Los Angeles. And for people who aren't from Los Angeles or don't know, September is the hottest yes. month of the year in Los Angeles. So when I found out that they were shooting in August and September, I was like, yeah, that sweat is real on my man because Mm -hmm. that is how I look in August and September. While everyone else is like, it's September. It's chilly and stuff. I'm over here sweating my ass off. (laughs) And Sid Haig had the flu and a temperature of 103 degrees. Oh, my gosh. And during the final scene... Uh, or like one of the ending, the producers had a doctor and they had to get an, an on standby. I had to get an injection every few hours just to keep working. An injection of what in 19? Because also this was shot in 1964. I think I kind of yeah. just mentioned it. But an injection of what in 1964? Probably amphetamines to get him up and moving. No wonder yeah. he looked so freaky. <laughs> True. He was a, he was a speed demon. Um, mine, well, they talk about it a couple times, but, um, Lon Chaney Jr. was, was actually the Wolfman mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the 1941 movie. And they talk about it at the dinner and it's like, oh my God, I love this, those monster movies. And I love the Wolfman. That's when she said. And that's when she was talking about the Wolfman in the car. Yeah. Peter and Anne were talking about Wolfman. So I like that they. Every man little... should be like a wild beast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh... Well, you know well, what? I got to take that back because that is a thing. People are like, ooh, Dracula or the Wolfman. And I was always like, Wolfman. So I don't, like, they're, okay. 
I take back what I my condemnation earlier in the podcast. I I'm a wolf man, so okay. Yeah, well, and they thought if this this is a lost film. Um, they thought it was lost, and then in the 1990s, like a really bad VHS copy was released, and then it wasn't, and then it finally got like a clean digital transfer and put in circulation but it wasn't like it was like considered a lost film for a while mm -hmm. yeah is that Those it are mine. yeah done. all right so my so this house the teeny has been talking about if she ever gets to come to los angeles i think we can see it because it's called Ooh. the smith estate it's in the highland park neighborhood of los angeles so that is uh I mean, it's it's like north and yeah. Well, you can Google it. It's Highland Park. Um, the titles changed, so it was at one point called the Live Eaters Attack of. Oh no! See, I knew I was going to Yes, but <laughs> you all know that I didn't learn how to read until I was eight. So, and it's still a struggle. The liver eaters, attack of the liver eaters, cannibal orgy, cannibal orgy, and the maddest story ever told. I I like cannibal the orgy. I, yeah, it's if I click on something like if if this movie it's the same movie but the title is cannibal orgy and I click on it I would have been sorely disappointed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Um, I think we don't. We, you already said. Did you say how much it cost? It only cost sixty five thousand dollars. Oh to yeah, make. really? Yeah, which yeah. They said the price of the actor's salaries was the same as the daily rental of the Dusenberg that Bruno dives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that, and that's. I love it when it's the same kind of thing when we did Hollywood Shuffle. When you see this movie and you just accept it as like, oh yes, this was like a big studio, like a studio film, and then you find out like, no, it was made on credit cards. And this movie, you would think like, oh, this was just a universal m movie, you know, like, and you find out like, oh no, it was only made for sixty five thousand dollars. It made me, I was like, oh yeah, they put all that money into what you saw, and it, mm -hmm. and I thought. When I thought Spider Baby, I knew it was going to be made on the cheap. But what I saw was not a film made on the cheap. I was just like, oh, right, yeah. very pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, and like we said, he had to be wiped down after every take, Lon Chaney Jr. Because it was just the sweat. And I know, remember oh. on my birthday when we were FaceTiming and I just have the beads of sweat coming down my face and I don't even notice it. And my dad's like, turn on the air conditioner. What are you doing? And I'm like, what? And she's like, you are dripping sweat right now. What are you doing? And I'm like, but okay. The, um, they said the inside scenes, didn't it all go with what could have been the inside of that house? But that they used it was like one room and they would just change it around a little bit for each scene. Like mm -hmm. a bedroom scene was still the same room. They just changed it around a little bit. Yeah. 
Because that part, the insides were shot in a studio. Yeah, in the studio you have the lights set up and everything, so it's just easier to move around the furniture and just be like, all right, right. Well, right. here we go. And could, <laughs> oh. could you even tell? No, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, oh, the man. dumb waiter, the dumb waiter, the dumb waiter. Okay, that is Spider Baby. Anybody have anything else while Aaron coughs or lung up? It's on I Amazon Prime. I, I love this. Was everything I wanted. This I'm so glad, and I'm so glad that it didn't just really freak me out. Yes, I'm glad I had fun with it. Okay, okay. So it comes to me, right? And yeah. this is the movie for Halloween time because Halloween is next Saturday. Yeah. So I I have two movies picked out. We need to decide. One is I mean they're like for like Christine's gonna be happy either way. Okay. For me and Ma, it's it's kind of like on one hand, it's just like, you know what? It, this is 2020, might as well like fuck it. Like just like come on. Like, how many days away are we from who knows what's going to happen? Might as well just jump in, make ourselves very uncomfortable. Either way, we're going to be uncomfortable. I I had heard, so it's basically, I want, like, because Christine has a bum back. I had two movies picked. I want Christine to pick because this is... This is her. This is her deal. This is her, it's her genre. This is her it genre. Is. So, here's the thing, Christine. Do you want me to give you a choice, like a right hand, left hand kind of thing, and you pick, or do you want to know what the two movies are and pick between them? Can I just get like what they're about? The concept, like the like without knowing what the title is. Yeah. All right. One is newer. Probably. It's like newer, I'm guessing like horror, more slasher, probably more gory. It's more of like, like in my mind, the way I pictured it was just like, you know what, fuck it. Just like, this is 2020. Just, I'm just like, I know that I know for a fact that you love this movie. Oh, so it's, it's definitely not a movie I've ever seen, but I would be willing to see it for you. And also it's 2020. Fuck it. Why the fuck not? Kind of vibes. All right. The other is it's more of cl- like classic horror. Okay. But it is a, like a horror film. Okay. And I like I'm I don't know if my mom's seen it. I've never seen it, but it does tie into another movie that we have done recently. Okay. I'm going with the first option. All right. Wow. Okay, then. I don't know the year of it. You probably do. The first option, then, is House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes, that was almost what I picked last week. I, I, and, oh, you've never seen it? No, I've never oh, seen it. And I wasn't boy. going to, but then you, you came on here with your back and stuff, and I was, and I... Oh, boy. I felt, I, I, I kind of, like, all right, I don't From even know. It's from 2003. Okay. And it also, Sid Haig is a big part of this movie. I know. 
Six, we get to see him 40 years later almost. So, you know what, Ma? This is, this is for your daughter-in-law. And also, wow. like, this might be preparing us for the week to come, so... Okay. I am very excited about this. There you go. Also, 129 minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The two movies I was picking between were like the same. So I was like, okay. Oh, I'm very excited about that. I'm, can I just ask what the other movie is? It was going to be uh, Halloween, 1978. Okay. Oh, I'm glad. You guys are going to be scared with this one. Yeah. So it, you know what? Because when you when you found out that Sid was in this movie, and you were like, "Oh, House of a Thousand Corpses is my favorite horror movie," I was like, "Interesting." So I would like that was the pick, but then you know, I was kind of like I was kind of getting scared, and I was like, "Well, (laughs) I don't well, um, I don't." Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yep. You guys are gonna be scared. Okay. I'm guessing you're probably going to be doing the first 40 minutes again. I'll do the first 40 again. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank you. This is directed by Rob Zombie. Yep. So. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Now, like, I do a lot of wanting people to be uncomfortable and in, in, in sit in things. True. I got to be uncomfortable and sit in things. So, I mean, yeah. a deranged serial killer doctor. What is not to love? A lot, but hey. Well, I love Dexter. Yes, it's a lot like Dexter. <laughs> She's lying to me, isn't she? I don't know, Ma. I've never seen it. I'm going to assume the blood is not off camera for this one. No, there it is not off camera. I, yeah, I don't really have a problem with blood, so. Okay. All okay. Right. Well, that will be worth tuning in for. <laughs> you will definitely have a drink for that one, won't you? Well, definitely. All right. Well, my parents have to go and get lit today because it's their anniversary. <laughs> 45, Woo-hoo! baby. So, so time to party. <laughs> they got they got the lobster, they got the champagne, they got the bourbon. Like that's it's a wrap for them. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this episode and there you go. Bye.